How are you? So you just flew in from Hawaii last night. I landed at around uh, one in the morning last night. Oh my night. God. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> um, on uh, Yeah, I was in Hawaii for two weeks. Uh, oh, wow. I have a friend that lives on the big island and uh, she has this really beautiful place in the middle of nowhere in like the jungle and it's super remote and off the grid. She like collects her own rainwater and filters it. That's what we used for drinking and that showering. That is rough in it, girl. It is, but it's you wouldn't think of it when you're there. It's like a beautiful house and it's very uh, comfortable. So I make my way out there at least once a year, uh, especially in the winter time, just because the seasonal depression is so real. Yeah. And I'm very lucky to have <clears> a friend <throat> living somewhere that's beautiful and sunny. Right. I just went um, to L LA because of like, I don't, I don't know. I used to get seasonal depression where it was like during, I used to literally get it during the summer. Cause I'd be like, mm. I'm so hot. I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. I like I can't stop sweating, Yeah, uh, you know, and it would really just it was a big part of the reason why I moved to Portland because I was like, mm -hmm. I can't get this LA fucking sunshine anymore. Yeah. yeah. And now, after like 16 years in Portland, I'm like, forget it. I'm done with the rain. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to LA for like a week. It was fun. Cool. Yeah. We both had our little, <laughs> our little, you know, vacations. Like I, I, this winter has been less harsh on me than normal. And I think it's also because my wedding was in November and I got to go to Mexico. But yeah, I, I feel like it really, became an issue during covid when it was crappy weather and we were stuck inside and we couldn't do any like i think that's when like my seasonal depression was at an all-time high yeah so since then i've just been having to like plan these things just to take care of myself during this time i love um, how you and i just went on vacations and like what in a week and a half we're like bye we're gonna go on a vacation together <laughs> uh yeah i know we're going to a cabin up in washington me and you and a couple friends yeah. in like yeah. two weeks It'll be great. I'm really I excited. can't wait. I cannot wait. Yeah. That, this cabin is so beautiful. I can't wait to show you. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Like the times that we've gone away to um, cabins before, it was like this nice little place up like by the coast. And, you know, yeah. th those are yeah. great trips. So I'm looking forward to this one, too, is like an extension of those trips, I guess, you know? Yeah, totally. We haven't <clears> done it in a while. Yeah, um, it'll be really it, nice. It's on the Olympic Peninsula. Um, the... the the, the, the new, new place the, the new place yeah oh okay cool and it's on a lake so it's beautiful what yeah nice yeah yeah well so tell me more about hawaii like what did you do well the first week it was just me alone uh at my friend's house and it's i i mean i've been going to hawaii now for like 12 years so on the same island with the same friend so now i'm at a place where i don't feel as much pressure to like be out and about doing everything like i used to feel like i used to like want to snorkel every single day or like get out in the jungle and now i'm like i can just chill more and that's really nice to not feel so pressured to go 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 so the first week yeah i was at my friend's house and we just like coexist and we both are working on work and we cook good food and then sometimes we'll do little excursions and little trips and go to the beach and snorkel a little bit but i just really chilled out which was lovely and then the second week uh, a bunch of people came to the island so i had two friends elise and cammy and, oh, yeah. and then my cousin, her and her husband and their kids came uh, for all the second week. So it was a lot busier, but it was still really fun. So I spent a lot of time with my two friends and we uh, we like hiked to the top of a volcano, looked into the lava. We um, went through lava tubes. We uh, did this like really crazy green sand beach hike where you have to like park out in the middle of nowhere and then hike in like an hour 
but then you oh, get wow. to this like oasis beach that the sand is like super green and it's this like destination and it's beautiful and i swam in the ocean there and then you have to hike all the way back um and then like one day we were just like laying at the beach drinking white claws and like going in and out of the ocean snorkeling with like sea turtles and beautiful fish and like that's amazing eating tropical fruit and um yeah it was great i had such a good time it's really it's it feels nice because willie my friend there has always been so kind with like showing me around the island and introducing me to all the different parts of it and now i'm at a place where i can do that to friends and so i can like drive them around and be like this is my favorite spots these are the things i like to do and, um it's so interesting what a difference it makes to have a friend who lives somewhere and yeah. like that's willing to show you around and house you and whatnot because yeah then like you're able to visit more like i wouldn't have been able to probably do this trip to la if it hadn't been for my friend josh being like just stay with just stay at my house yeah you know it's and, like, really it's, like it saves a lot it helps it's the best way to go because if you were just to say like I want to go to the Big Island, you would have to you know uh, rent a car, rent a get a hotel room, I guess, and you wouldn't know any of the like best spots. Like you would go to the touristy spots, and it would be fine, it'd be beautiful. Yeah. But like the local little hidden gems are always like really where it's at, and so um, yeah, I, I love I love showing people that. Nice. So you were in LA. <laughs> what did you go to yeah. LA for? Um, I went down you know to see spend time with like some old roommates some old friends some new friends and to sort of have a few like networking meetings and whatnot mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. uh, for work and so those went well and they're fine um I did go get to go to a drag race viewing party hosted mm -hmm. by Angina amazing that was really fun um <laughs> did you see the like Instagram live thing of us to I did. Of okay. you reading her? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she, so she, um, it's because that episode of Drag Race that was showing in the bar was the one where they did the reading challenge. Mm -hmm. When it came on, she paused it and she was like, okay, guys, we're going to skip this part because um, it triggers me. So, and, <laughs> but she was joking, you know, like, yeah. Um, but at the commercial breaks, she would make people come up and read her. Oh my gosh. And she made my friend Cena go up there and she didn't know who he was, but she just called mm -hmm. him up. And um, <clears throat> Cena's read was something like, um, you know, Angina, nobody really talks about how you were the trait of your season. <laughs> and she's like, me? And he's like, yeah, because when I saw you, I was like, damn, I would trade her for BB any day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, mine was just something dumb. Like, I was like, how long have we known each other? And she was like, 13 years. I was like, 13 years? I mean, she, to preface this, she's tiny, right? And she's yeah. wearing all black and like see-through black and black and black on black. And and so I was like, 13 years and I still don't understand why you look like Janine Garofalo fucked Aang from Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> and, yeah. And she was like, you are never allowed in this establishment again. It was funny. Um, <clears throat> but I also, like, I, I like taking trips to LA now because I try to do things that for some damn reason I didn't really do when I lived there. Mm. and one of them now that i'm obsessed with k-pop and you know all that shit i went down to koreatown like twice fun and they had this insane store that was just all k-pop music and cds and stickers and books and like i bought i spent like a lot of money in that store and i yeah. spent a lot of time there but it was in this nice mall in koreatown that also had great places to eat in a korean grocery store and you know it was fun. fun um i did that in chinatown too the next day i like walked around there and took a ton of pictures I, I'm not someone who, like Scott can easily go on a trip to Hawaii and spend the whole time by himself, like mm -hmm. a week, 
Mm-hmm. I can't do that. Like, yeah. like I spent a day by myself in Koreatown and a day by myself in Chinatown. And I was like, this feels weird to me. Like yeah. I, you know, I need to see someone or have dinner with someone. So I did like have a lot of meetings and stuff. Um, but I had a real, really weird realization when I was there and <clears throat> um, I'll try to make this story kind of short. Um, but, you know, when I lived there, it didn't, I didn't really like it because I was younger and I was like at a time when I was trying to seek, I think, approval from a lot of outside sources mm-hmm. and, and, <clears throat> you know, I was fresh off a Mormon mission, whatever. But now when I visit, I really like it. I just like eat Mexican food and hang out with mm-hmm. friends and, you know, like I'm working and trying to make connections. Like, I don't give a shit what people think about me anymore. Right. Yeah. And so what was weird was that I definitely had a realization that I was like, I'm 42 because, um, my friend and I went to this event Monday night called Musical Monday, and it was really cool. They it was in, it was in a bar in West Hollywood, and they played on this big screen all these like musical clips from old obscure movie. I like it would be like a musical number from a movie in the fifties, and I'd be like, I have no idea what this is. I've never mm-hmm. even seen this. Yeah, and then they would play like Michelle Pfeiffer's scene from Grease too. You know, mm-hmm. like just random mm-hmm. stuff. And halfway through. A bunch of people come out and start performing those numbers, but in like cool. dollar, dollar store costumes. Okay. But it was like still fun and like, you know, it was great. Anyway, my friend invited a friend. He invited two other friends and, you know, all gay men. Mm-hmm. And two of those guys got into an argument about Star Wars. Mm. Okay. What was their argument? And literally one of them was like, well, to the other was like, well, um, the Last Jedi is a cinematic masterpiece, and Ryan Johnson is a genius, and I should know because I'm a film critic. And you need to get out and watch more movies. Oh my god! And like, it was like, and I, and I just went like, Ugh. and the guy kind of looks at me, and and like, you know, he looks at me like, what? And I said, I, I just kind of like point like, there's a performance happening right now. Right. I'm just trying to like enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, I, I said something under my breath, sort of. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it basically amounted to like, could we leave? arguing about star wars to the boring straight guys please seriously like, what the fuck so it wasn't just that that was the first in like a series of moments where i met younger gay men and realized they like they were aggressively stating their opinion mm-hmm. and i'm like i don't i don't have the energy no. for that especially because the like if someone to me wants to argue like oh did you like this movie and I'd I'd be like, um, not really. And if they're mm-hmm. like, why? I'd be mm-hmm. like, just wasn't for me. Right. I'm not gonna get into it. I don't no. care. And you know what? Let people like what they like. Yeah. And like I like that Star Wars movie too, but I but I think like if somebody was like, no, I didn't really like it, I thought it was awful. I'd be like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. it just wasn't for you. No big deal. But like, but it's just it, I felt like I was having this realization where like younger gay men in LA have to aggress- aggressively state their opinion because they're likely afraid they don't have one. And, that, yeah. and that all they are is like just a pretty face right and i but it, it was like several times this happened over the Ugh. course of my trip and i was like i can't i don't have the energy for that no that kind um, of energy is like i just don't want to participate I, I don't see any value in that yeah. kind of arguing where you know everyone is like one upping and how they can like top each other's like last statement and i'm like i i, and, I and just... even when i would say something in agreement with someone mm-hmm they would keep going. And I was yeah. like, oh, all you wanted, you have a rehearsed monologue about your opinion right. of this thing. And because I agreed with you, you still, you're, you're frustrated because you still want to get the rest of it out. Right. 
and I'm like, so it's not, it's not a back dude, and forth. It's no, not a, no, no. Um, anyway, so that was just really bizarre. And I was like, thank God that like, if I were like, if I had to live there again, right. I would just like be working and then hanging out. Sorry about it. I'm not going to go right. hang out with like younger gay dudes. There's no. no way. Um, so it was just, it was just kind of a, I don't know, revelation, but it was, it was a good trip. You know, mm-hmm. it, the thing that was bizarre was that it was like down to like 38 degrees in Los Angeles. Mm. And I was like, I have never had to wear a coat here. Mm-mm. It was bizarre. I kind of, I was like, if it was like this all the time, I'd be back. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> you know, cause you know me. Right. Um, yeah. But the other thing that I realized, and this will be the last thing, I guess, and we can move on. Um, <laughs> was you know I had to rent a car and I was driving around because I was going all over the place um and the morning that I had to return the car I was staying with my friend um down in like the Fairfax neighborhood right Mm -hmm. and this probably won't be super accurate because whatever but when I was driving I had to drive up to Burbank to drop off the car and I was like oh well if I take this up to Highland and I cross over Hollywood it'll turn over into Barham and then I can take Barham all the way over into Burbank and I was like oh my god like I I realized when I lived there, we barely had like MapQuest. Right. And so it, it came flooding back to me that I was like, oh, I just knew how to get around here. Mm-hmm. And here in like Portland, there's still places I feel like I wouldn't be able to get to unless I turned on my phone. Sure. GPS. Sure. So that's crazy. It's like, what have our brains done? To, to us? Totally. We're so self-reliant on like, you know, we used to have so many phone numbers memorized. I had everyone's phone number memorized. Now, I, if there was an emergency, I'd be like, the phone number is Scott. Yeah, I couldn't tell you my sister's phone number. I couldn't yeah. tell you Michael's. I couldn't tell you anybody's. I mm-hmm. like, And I was the last person to get a cell phone. The last person. And so I, held I just for a long had time too. everyone's phone number was in my brain. Um, I I remember getting a cell phone just because I lived in California mm -hmm. and was like, oh, I'm driving on the freeway a lot. If anything happens to my car, I'll need to be able to, I I need to be able to call someone. And that was the only reason I got one. Yeah. Yeah. When I was the last person without a phone, I was driving my mom's car, borrowing it to drive to Portland from La Grande. And I smashed into a deer and totaled her Mm -hmm. car and I was stuck on the freeway hysterically bawling um for like two hours until a stranger would pull yeah. over and help me so that was when i was like all right all right all right i get it but um yeah, yeah people would like text my landline because they thought that i had a cell phone and mm-hmm. i'd be like i don't really even know what texts are like this is yeah. like 2004 or five right but um yeah, yeah. speaking of california <laughs> have you watched the real friends of weho i have not i've seen a few clips are are we going to talk about this (laughs) i i I would love to just for a a scooch of a time um yeah let's do it so i decided to give it a chance because whatever it's reality tv i'm not against watching it i just haven't yeah i i mean the the backlash has been so extreme um and i think rightly so i think you know the biggest thing is they put it on right after Drag Race. And so they shortened the episodes of Drag Race to an hour instead of an hour and a half. So the Drag Race episodes feel super duper rushed. And it's for this show that just nobody asked for. Not um, only that, but it's between, between Drag Race and Untucked. Yes. In this like last ditch effort to like, people are going to watch it because of this. But all that did <sighs> was make Untucked's ratings even worse yeah because people change the channel and then they don't watch. Right. even i am like oh i'll just watch on tuck tomorrow with my coffee right and then i forget 
Mm-hmm. So it, what that could do, not to go off on a tangent, but what that could do is tell MTV like, oh, people aren't really watching Untucked either. So let's cancel Untucked. Right. So <laughs> when there were advertisements for Real Friends of WeHo, I was excited. Like me and my friends were like, this looks fun. Whatever. We didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. Yeah. I think it was MTV that messed up by saying, let's pour everything into making Real Friends of WeHo work and just ride the coattails of Drag Race and like screw up Drag Race. Because yeah. that was the main issue. It Like there were definitely issues well, with the casting of the show, but like let's... that... Let's be clear that I don't think it's the Real Friends of WeHo's fault that Drag yeah. Race is shorter. It's MTV executives. It's MTV, fault, right? And they're yeah. coming for the cast of the Real of WeHo, whatever. And they they didn't make that call. They don't know. No. And, they had no and idea that would be the case. They didn't know anything until it started. So that is a separate issue. And I think we should be focusing more on blaming MTV for that because this is the yeah. first time the show is on MTV, and so they have control, and this is what they do. And I'm sure RuPaul didn't have any say in it either. I bet they have to give up a lot of control. So it's MTV not understanding what it meant to take on Drag Race and what that means for the fan base, because we have certain expectations and you can't just flip it like that and shave off 30 minutes of an episode and rush through it. It feels so frantic. Did I send you that? Like, yes, I think I sent that clip of the runway where it's like runways on Drag Race. Right. Like Lux Noir, Selena Itty. Like it just keeps going through them. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 So the show was kind of set up to fail, I think, by MTV's lack of understanding. I think they thought they were setting it up for success. Right. And they did not understand what they were doing. So I tried to watch it with the lens of, what if I didn't know all of that? What if I'm just watching this silly reality show? Yeah. What if n- none of that mattered? And I think even if they had extended Drag Race or they kept it the same, and if they hadn't you know, done all those mess ups, if MTV didn't, I think the show still would not have done well. <laughs> I really? don't think it's that great. Uh, so, I, so, I, so I haven't watched it, so I can't say. But what I get from the commercials and from the previews is that this is essentially Todrick Hall's like rehabilitation tour 2023 yeah. uh-huh. because of so much scandal that he's been involved with. Yeah. I, so how do I put this? Okay. So I met Todrick Hall mm-hmm. in New York at Kinky Boots. He like, after mm-hmm. the show, he like pulled me onto the stage. We chatted for a while. Super nice to me. Mm-hmm. Super sweet. Really cool. You know, it, it was a nice little hangout. So when I hear these things about like, he didn't pay this dancer, he didn't do this, he didn't whatever. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it's not that I don't believe those things. I, it's very well likely that they did happen, that that, that did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I know how it is when I've done work and someone didn't pay me, I want to drag that person. Totally. Oh yeah. So, you know, when Manila Luzon is like, um, he still hasn't paid me. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me is a little awkward. And so the mm-hmm. thing that I find, um, the, but the thing that I find strange, so Lady Bunny wrote this whole long post on Instagram about like, I don't watch Real Friends of WeHo and I and I, I think Todrick's kind of whatever, but like shame on all you for not supporting gay men, da, 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 right? And the funny thing is, is that someone would post a reply like, well, my problem with Todrick is da, 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 da mm-hmm. right? Every single time some rando posted a comment about him, mm-hmm. Todrick himself would reply to it. Wow. Every 
wow. single time. And it's not just on Lady Bunny's posts. It's on his own posts. It's on mm-hmm. other people's posts. And I'm like, that to me is the issue here is just be quiet. Just take like, a break. J.K. Rowling could have just taken her gajillion dollars mm-hmm. and like lived in a you know dusty old castle in Scotland mm-hmm. for the rest of her life. She didn't need to like start you know like double down on it right especially as someone who uses a male pronoun for um her other author (laughs) other books right like uh, but you have a problem with other people identify okay great um yeah so i just don't understand that and 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 i think what how do i put this what i really want to see okay this i would have been like what would have got me to really watch the show obviously is if they were like real friends of weho but the cast was all guys I'd never heard of mm-hmm. and they were all like guys you would not expect yeah. in the queer community to be on a reality show. So I know mm-hmm. that there's a couple men of color in this series and that's sure. good. And I want to support that. But like, what about a plus size dude? What mm-hmm. about a nerdy guy that's into comics? Mm-hmm. What about a gamer? What mm-hmm. about like, there are never shows about gay men like that. Yeah. Well, and we're li- I would have been like interested in that. Absolutely. They did not take this as an opportunity to do anything new. And I think that's the like disconnect with a lot of people on the cast is they're saying they're these front runners of this new idea, which first of all, that's not true. We've had reality shows about queer groups before one that was centered in West Hollywood, but that all being like that all aside, there's nothing new we're seeing in it. And right. And and you can tell that like the casting was just hand selected very specifically, and it's trying to be a a Real Housewives but gay, well, and I it's would set rather, in West Hollywood, which absolutely, is, which is fine, and I love that idea. But they chose these people, and the first thing that popped that really came out to me watching the show is that these people don't really know each other. They're they were they were put, just put together, together. Yeah. and some of them didn't meet until the show started filming so I'm they're getting o- to know each other and it's I'm weird. okay with that in a different context though like I get the feeling that I, so let me preface this with I don't even watch any of the Real Housewives shows right but I'm under the impression that those women sort of kind of do know each other in social circles right sure mm-hmm. okay and I'm okay with like the Real Friends of WeHo not knowing each other if if the format of the show were more like early seasons of the real world Right. That's what I was expecting. And that's Something what, that's like what that. I think would make the show more of a success mm-hmm. is look at how drag, like I, I suggested like, well, Real Friends of WeHo would change the cast every season. Mm-hmm. I think people and people are like, well, but then how do you get involved with like and get invested? And in, I'm like, Drag Race changes its cast every season. I mean, I think this is what they need to do if they want to keep it going. They keep certain people and they switch out other people. And rotate, which is, yeah, rotate which out, is what like, Real Housewives does too. There's certain people that's that have a just Glee girl. That's Degrassi. That's, yeah, you know? right. So right. there are like Brad Gorevsky, love mm-hmm. him. Like, and he's great in the show, and he's fun to watch, and it's fun to watch him interact with his husband. And there is something there that's fascinating, and he has great commentary, and he's funny, and he's relatable, and. And you see his him doing his job, which is really interesting. He's like a celebrity stylist. Um, but then, and you know, there's this other guy, Clint, who was on uh, Insecure, and he's just starting to be uh, cast in things, and he's deciding to come out right now. So it's mm. kind of following his his whole uh, process of, you know, reconciling his sexuality with becoming notably, you know, successful in Hollywood at the same time, and his family is involved, and they're 
it, it's complicated. And it, I really appreciate how they're showing the nuance of his process. Those two people, I'm like, great. I'm into this. I'm into their scenes and their interesting, kind, seemingly people. Then the the Todrick storyline, you know, they they tried to like deal with it the first episode, like let's address all these issues, let's address it all, and do they? Absolutely not. How they addressed it was they had him be a guest on the podcast, uh, Sis, uh Sisters Rivalry, whatever, with Bob the Drag Queen and mm, sibling um, rivalry, sibling rivalry, and. And so it's like Bob being like, you know, what about these rumors? And Todrick's like, I brought the deed to my house. I'll show you on my phone. But they never show it on the camera. And then he's like, they they talk about it, each issue that he's being called out for in like literally probably 10 seconds total. And then they're like, okay, we dealt with it. Let's move on. And it's like, I, I don't think that it's like either talk about it in depth or don't talk about it at all. Because this didn't feel, it just felt awkward and yeah. brushed over. And I feel like they have underestimated the queer community so, yeah, of what we find entertaining and what we want to see. Um, and then there's I, other people in the cast. And I'm just like, oh, I don't yeah. care at all. I don't know their <laughs> names. And I'm just like, why are you on this? And everyone has everyone has an agenda for being on the show. Yeah. They're like plugging, you know, it's like. I never know his name, but he's married to the guy who was in Mean Girls. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's fine. But like him and his husband are trying to like start up this company of like a gay travel company. And like they're talking about it all the time. Like they're obviously so it's a commercial plugging. for that. It's yeah. a commercial for that. Or like this influencer has his own skincare line that he's talking about all the time. And I'm just like, Great. this is so boring to me. It's just not I'm not going to tune into that. Like and the drama feels kind of forced. So I honestly, I'll keep watching it because why not? So, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by it, but not a, not a pitch or anything. But one thing I did do when I was in LA was, um, do you know the artist Shane Gallarde? He no. does all of the like fake drag race comic book covers. Okay. Um, his stuff's really popular. He's super nice. He's a good friend of mine. He's, uh, from Hawaii, but he moved to LA, so he was there, mm -hmm. and we found out there was a drink and draw event happening at a bar in West Hollywood. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And and I was like, this is great. Like, um, I haven't drawn a live model since like art school practically, mm -hmm. you know, and it would be a great chance to catch up with Shane and his partner and, and whatever. So we went and we had the best time ever. And all the other guys that were there were drawing. And then after each round, we would like walk around and look at everybody's artwork. And, and I felt such a strange and nice sense of like, for the kind of for like maybe the first time like community mm -hmm. in West Hollywood because mm -hmm. when I would go there when I was younger it was always like this judgy bitchy kind of nitpicky play and like yeah this time I was like wow there's like a community of artists here that I never you know yeah. what about some like I would be way more interested in watching a show about someone like Shane yeah. who is an artist who he's you know he just set up his first big show in San Francisco um, he had great commentary about what we were doing in in the bar. Like mm -hmm. that's someone I would want to follow. Someone like yeah. Shane, the TV show, not someone who's like I have a skincare line, guys. Like if right. I want that, I'll watch the Kardashians. Exactly, and so and and, and I th yeah, we are in the Kardashian era. But that is what you're supposed to do on reality TV. And I'm like, yeah. flip the script a little bit. How about like if do that's something what everybody's different. if that's what everybody's doing. Yeah, then it would be revolutionary to do uh something else. Yeah. So the 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 funny thing is is that, um, I think there's two things that easily would have helped, Real Friends of WeHo, and not 
have like it would have like not altered drag race in any way and mm-hmm. it would and it would have there would have been no controversy mm-hmm. and i think one of them is just put it on after untucked yeah because that because then people might i think people would stay tuned or at least not change the channel and talk to their friends or do something right. else so then it would be getting viewer numbers yeah yeah and they wouldn't have had to alter drag race right mm-hmm. the other thing that i think would have helped it is air it the week after drag race ends yeah right because then people would be like oh i still need something to watch though 100 percent. but look at what they did it just like really fucked it up it really did because when when we saw the ads me and elise were like oh let's have real house of weho nights like we are already thinking about our real friends of weho we were already thinking about watching it together but then it got so convoluted with drag race. It just, and then, yeah. So I, I think you're right. Like keep the Friday tradition alive and like bars who are playing drag race when that season's over, it can be a WeHo still, night. Right. Thank you. So th- that's, there's a reason why when one H HBO usually has one big event show on. Yeah. At a on time. Sundays at a time. Yeah. 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 Oh, for so sure. when, so when like one ends, then they start up the next one. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Because they always want to have something on that people are tuning in for. Yeah. Um. The I noticed that like um. So I watched the reboot on Paramount Plus of Beavis and Butthead. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I laughed my ass off, and I was like, "This is so amazing!" And then I just saw a commercial that now they're going to air the next season on Comedy Central after South Park. Oh yeah. And I was like, "What? Why?" Like I thought it was on Paramount Plus. But sure. They're like, "Oh, we'll get more people watching it if we put it on after South Park." And so right. it's like very transparent. It is. It's very, and we don't like. I don't like feeling tricked, especially when. Yeah. It's, don't tell me what to watch. I'll don't watch tell me what to what watch. watch. Yeah. I will choose it myself, especially now <laughs> we, that we're. We said, we said that on this podcast. Don't tell me what to watch. <laughs> don't tell me what to watch. I'll watch whatever the <laughs> hell I want. Um. <laughs> But yeah, like especially in the streaming world that we're in now, right. no one really watches cable. And that's such a cable thing to do. So like right. we're in a streaming world where we choose what we watch and when we feel like watching it. It's not Absolutely. as much of like a like, oh, let's all check in this one time. Like we were rec- even like Drag Race, I record it and watch it when I feel like it. And maybe it's yeah. the same night, but later on, like, I, I don't know. I feel like we have so much more autonomy of what we watch and when now. So those are tired tactics. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think what they you're are. saying is like my biggest takeaway is like when I'm watching the show, I'm like, this can't be the best people they could find. There's got to be even like crazier people, even if they were more dramatic and like out there, I'd prefer that than like this petty drama and these like pretty shallow people. And so I saw an article written about like, why do the, the, the article like kind of posed the question, why do you think that gay men are like, yes, work mama to the to women mm-hmm. on these shows, but they don't want to accept it from other gay men. They don't yeah. want to see that. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know the reason. I mean, I will say there is a part of me that is a little hypercritical to when a gay person is doing something like this where I'm like, okay, and maybe it's because there just isn't that much representation and, or like they don't, we don't have a lot of, um, a lot of things to watch. So I'm like, okay, you're going to represent us, like do it well. And sometimes it's amazing. And when it does, when it is done well, I freak out. So like, for me, it's the difference between like watching bros and watching fire Island, like fire, like fire Fire Island. Island, I was like, thank 
fucking God, this exists. Like this is, this sounds like being my friends. This sounds grounded in the like nuance of being in a gay friend group. Like it is complicated and it is endearing and it is sweet and there's creativity and there's, there's a whole diversity of opinions and people. And it's like, but it's based on this foundation of love and respect. And we've all been through trauma together. And, and that was a, but that was a friend group. And on Real Friends of WeHo, it's not. And so just other, like you know? pick, picking random people in West Hollywood and having them forced to interact with each other and they do so in a bitchy way, it just is like, this doesn't feel like me. I don't see myself in this. I don't feel so represented. Here's, here's what I find interesting is uh, speaking of HBO, it is, and good representation for queer people. Have you been watching The Last of Us? No, but it's on my list. Oh my I know God. everyone's freaking out about episode three. So I saw a meme that was like, real friends of WeHo and bros um, looking at the reviews and reception for The Last of Us. And it was like two people who were like pissed off. Um, but that's an amazing show. And everybody, of course, is writing like about it online and talking about mm-hmm. it. It's one of those things, we don't have to talk about it by any means, but it is one of those um, things where like, you know, I I don't want to tell you anything about it because it's Mm -hmm. such an experience and people have probably hyped it up now a lot for you. Sure, sure. But, but I like, how do I put this? I used to be like, oh, people hyped that up for me, so I'm not going to like it. And now I'm like, well, people are hyping it up. I'll watch it and whatever. And if it, if it evokes any kind of positive feeling in me. Right. I just don't deny it anymore. I'm like, this no. is amazing. I love it yep. because life's life's too short. And yep. if I if I watch something that moves me in any mm-hmm. way, I don't care what it is. Totally. And I'm like, I got something out of that, and it was beautiful, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Totally. And so I don't care about like, you know, it's so popular and everybody loves it. I'm gonna shy away from it. no girl. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but definitely watch that. I think it's really well done. People, I've never I've never really played the games. People are saying it's very faithful to the game okay i started um, the game just recently and then i had to stop because it was stressing me out uh yeah um i bet um but uh but yeah it's it's a pretty good show to you know get into i guess and we're only three episodes in so yeah the, the I, fourth I, one's I'll on to watch it yeah great. Um, so i would check that out um i didn't mean to diverge away from oh it's okay if there's more you wanted to say but not really <laughs> i feel like that's it i think like <laughs> you know you're like we're good i'll watch it as a form of entertainment and um I I mean I do love trashy reality TV and it is that it it it's doing what it said it's doing I just don't think it's it is nearly what the the show creators think they're doing and the people on the show think they're doing it's not that groundbreaking yeah. but it's whatever I'll watch a few gay people <clears throat> fight like I, it's it's fine like it's a filler show yeah. it's like if you have if you're caught up on everything like switch over to that it's not sure. like cringy it's not bad um so it is what it is. And I just hope it doesn't um, hold back from future projects that are similar to this from happening, because I yeah, think there's true. so much potential for like reality shows following around gay people, because I I mean, I've had eras in my life where if there were cameras around following me and my friends, it'd be a good show and yeah, yeah. not as much anymore. But there were times and I feel like there's got to be other pockets of people that would be more interesting to follow around. This is why I like this is why um, I was talking with a friend of mine and he's like um really funny super nerdy he like does videos on tiktok and stuff and um i wrote something or or not wrote something we were talking and i said something like in relation to real friends of weho that was like okay but like where's the show about like the 
what I was saying earlier, but like the chubby and or mm-hmm. people like gay people of color who mm-hmm. are into like Sailor Moon. Right, right. <laughs> or like yeah. whatever, you know, like that. Yeah. I guess on reality TV, you never really see people talking about other media. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like you don't watch Real Housewives and hear people talking about like the TV they watch. Right, right, but, right. But um, I don't know. I feel like that is stuff that people can relate to. And maybe mm-hmm. it's just maybe it's just a clearance thing. Like, oh, well, that video game won't let us talk about it or something. But yeah. Who knows? Um, what if we talk about Drag Race and then wrap this one up? Sounds good. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I'm assuming you're all caught up. I'm all caught up. I watch it in Hawaii every Friday. <laughs> okay, I feel like when they did the uh, design challenge, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but you will not get me to believe ever that what Selena made and wore was bottom worthy. Right. Because so she had so, the like comforter cape yeah. thing with the straps and right. yeah. And first of all, they said they said to her that it was too much. And I'm like, uh, I get I, I would understand if someone felt like something that was made was messy or or unorganized or crazy, mm-hmm. you know, but not too you don't say too much to a drag queen. No yeah, way. That's true. And and so my theory, well, and actually what's funny is that on um sibling rivalry, Bob and Monet were like we love what she made. We love what mm-hmm. she wore mm-hmm. on, um, on what's it called? What's the other one? The fashion photo review. Yeah. Raven and Raja were like, two. we love this. Cool. Willem in Alaska on race chaser mm-hmm. loved it too. And then I told a friend of mine, I was like, I definitely feel like what happened was Amethyst was in the bottom for the third time. Yeah. And they were like, she needs to go. We need mm-hmm. her storyline. It was done. time. It was time. So what they had to do, was put someone in the bottom who actually did well so that they could get rid of her with no questions asked. Mm. Like they probably knew Selena's a good performer. What she made was good. So if we put her in the bottom, people are gonna be like, well, what Selena did was better. Mm-hmm. Right, and right, when, right. And when I said this to my friend, my friend was like, did you listen to Race Chaser? And I was like, no. He's like, that's exactly what Willem just said. Really? And I was like, well, when you can, when you can sense how it's produced, like- right. It's just, you know, whatever. But um, I did think the last episode was fun. The one where they do like the Golden Girls kind of old lady. It was really fun. We were watching it being like, we thought the hip hop was actually pretty good and pretty fun. And it was, we were like, what didn't translate here? Maybe in person, they didn't have as much energy, but everyone was like, the judging panel was like, not like smiling hardly at all. And we were like, whatever it's fun this is cute yeah they kept showing like rupaul's face like not like, happy yeah it's like and but again those could be from moments from any any other time other, yeah um and what i thought was kind of smart of the hip-hop group though was that when the other two groups were like we both want metal it was really smart for that group to be like cool we'll take hip-hop i know totally yeah so that they weren't like fighting with anybody they were like uh-huh. we got ours you know because um, once there's like a fight over picking something, it's always the people who like ended up with the one they didn't like who do really, really well. Yeah. And the people who fought for it. What I mean, you, it wasn't as much this time, but. What did you think about Mistress and Lux being like, well, we're doing metal. Cool. Guys deal with it. Well, you know, we're going to do it. Sorry. Like, what did you think about their whole attitude? Like, the I don't know. They were just both being really catty about it. Like when they were yeah. trying to choose. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever. What did you think about it? I thought it was a little immature. Yeah. But the way that it was edited also made it so that you kind of couldn't tell if they were just like playing around. I feel like that's kind of a, <clears throat> a vibe on this season a lot where I'm like, are you really fighting or are you? Well, so did you see Untucked? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, no, um, I haven't. No, I actually oh, haven't. Okay. Because um, Baby Doll Fox, Malaysia, Baby Doll Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, girl. She like freaks out on Lux and on Marsha because they're really? fighting about it. And Marsha's like, can we just like not do this? Like it's over. And before this, Marsha was saying, like talking about how she felt about the runway or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Malaysia's like, it may be over for you, but it's not over for me. And don't you disrespect me. And I listen to you vent and you're going to cut me off. And uh, like, she had a point with that. Yeah. And Mark to Marsha's credit, I think Marsha's smart enough to know that she was like, you're right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I'm very sorry. I apologize. Yeah. Because yeah. if she had fought back, no. But she calls, um, Malaysia calls Lux a bully. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. And I think they're going to keep fighting about it next week. Hmm. Um, anyway, I'm here for that because I feel like untucks have been pretty tame, yeah, past few seasons, and it feels like they're more just sitting around and chatting. And I kind of miss the like fiery moments, I miss the little pink box where that would give them leading questions to ask each other. I miss the interior illusions lounge, I miss them getting like multiple cocktails, split split them up into the gold room, (laughs) yes, yes, god. And now it's just like they're in the same room, yeah, yeah, I don't know, anyway. Um, but yeah, I do, I do think that hopefully in like, I don't know, three weeks or something, I think we will have a really good feeling or idea of who I the think front so runners are and who, you know. I mean, I could say already, I think Sasha Colby is I definitely. Think, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think Lucy too might go uh-huh. on. I think I Anitra s- will go an- far. Oh, me too. She's great. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Um, I actually think hopefully, I don't want to jinx it, but I think Selena might be there for a while too, because yeah. Um, I, so clearly I love her, mm-hmm. but she posted, uh, she did an interview where she said, oh, RuPaul loved my makeup like all season. Oh, interesting. And I was like, hmm, like, first of all, we haven't seen RuPaul say that yet. Yeah. And so, we're not even that far into the season. Right. So, you're so probably... but, I mean, she, she could have meant she loved my makeup all season that I was there. Sure. But also, um, <laughs> it was really funny that on the runway this week when Rue's calling all of the, like, safe girls, and she says, Selena is Teddy. You know, like, when she says it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, someone on Instagram posted a video of their friends and them watching it, and they all crack up when Rue says it. I watched it, like, ten times. <laughs> um, and uh, Selena reposted it on her Instagram story, and she said, get ready for Rue to say my name like this the rest of the season. Okay. And I was like, oh, so does she make it far? I don't know. And so I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, I'm here well, for fun, it. Well, fun, fun. I, yeah. I am into the season. I think it's a good season. Yeah, I think it's... With all it's of its flaws fun. and how many queens we have and how fast we're being ran through it, uh, it's you... still good. Yeah, I think so too. What do you think about um, Spice having to survive now without sugar? <laughs> uh, I mean, it was inevitable that they were going to be split up. That but one I was think... going to have to leave. But I think that the two of them planned for the for them that, that they would both be there the whole time. Yeah. Well, you know I'm I mean? wondering if their like looks are gonna look weird because they always were themed together. Right. So and, is it gonna is it still gonna read well? Spice said in the last one, like, oh well, sugar was like gonna, gonna be the designer and I was gonna be the one that sewed. So like now that right. she's not here, I don't know what to do. And I was like, what? Did you yeah. think she was going to be there the whole time? Like, and you knew you were on. entering separately, so... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I did hear that this season's supposed to have... I don't think it's just a typical, like, to get people to watch, but I did hear this season's supposed to have, like, some 
drama and some twists and turns. So I'm ready for that stuff. Interesting. I love it. I'm ready for like a big moment. Like, yeah. like a Valentina, can you please take your mask off? Or a yeah. Willem, sorry, Willem, you broke the rules. Or, a, you know, I'm ready for some big totally i need that to happen i am kind of surprised that cornbread hasn't come back and i wouldn't put it past them to still bring her back into the season somehow i would hope Um, so because they are i mean they've all said like oh cornbread's not here and but like cornbread is in the the, like the like oil of olay commercials like on the commercial he was in some commercial last like yeah i don't know a a while ago with like sarah michelle geller yeah yeah she's doing good sarah michelle geller was just on andy cohen with I, Rosie Perez. Did you see this? Yeah. I and, saw some clips on TikTok. And he asked her, like, oh, would you have, have you ever been on Drag Race? And she was like, no, but I really want to. Oh, cute. And then I was like, give us a Buffy-themed runway. Oh, my God. <laughs> or, or how about this? A Buffy <laughs> Vampire Slayer-themed acting challenge. <laughs> how awful and amazing would it be? I'm so surprised they haven't done that. I know. I I don't know. It'd be great, and then have her judge it. Be the judge yes, for that season. You know? Yes. Oh, um, she would love it. I so I know we said we would end, but I'll, I I want to mention this a little bit, and it's going to be sacrilege for some people, but sorry. Um, and we can talk about this show on the next episode. But I did watch her new show, Wolfpack, like the first episode. Okay. But what I want to talk about is how she's been doing so much press for it. She's right? done a lot like, of press, a ton of interviews, uh-huh. and. I've seen probably every single one. Mm-hmm. And they're mostly I, you know, her talking about past projects. Yes. And and every interviewer who interviews her talks about Buffy because mm-hmm. it was such an iconic mm-hmm. moment and whatever. And a lot of the people who interview her have been gay men. Mm-hmm. And uh, those gay men have asked her, like, what do you, what do you, how do you feel mm-hmm. being this like gay icon? And she's like, I love it. I think it's great. And like, hopefully I'm here for the community because they're here for me and they stand mm-hmm. up. But her her responses seem very rehearsed. Yeah. And what I don't understand is that she has, to my knowledge, has never really spoken about it negatively or positively mm-hmm. about the queer community before mm-hmm. this. And I understand somebody being a queer icon because of the show they were on and the role they played. Sure. But I was under the impression that like back in the day that she was kind of like conservative Mm. and, you know, sure. She like did cruel intentions and she made out with a girl and that whatever. But like, I don't know. It just feels weird now to see someone that I've always wanted to be like, you know, imagine you've like, imagine Brittany never said anything about the queer community. Mm -hmm. And you're like, all I want is for her to like, acknowledge us acknowledge it and be like i love queer people and gay people and they're my family and i love it and Mm -hmm. i'm here for you and i'm part of that community because i want to support you and then she finally says something and you're like but it doesn't feel genuine it felt kind of canned yeah and and i was talking to scott about it and he was saying something like well but now it's cool to like Mm -hmm. you know to to be to support gay people and how like impactful it would have been if she had said it back then Uh, right um and the, so the one thing that I did like, um, although whatever, is that she said to this interviewer, you know, I have a gay male friend who mm-hmm. was talking to me. He had never, he's never really watched Buffy. And the interviewer was like, oh. like how's that possible? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, there are people, there are men who have yeah, seen yeah. Buffy. She's like, it's possible. <laughs> and he asked her, why was Buffy such a gay icon? Was it because there was a gay character on the show? Like mm-hmm. referring to Willow and I'm sure mm-hmm. Tara or whatever. And she said, no, that came later. 
And she said, but what she talked about was acknowledging the idea that Buffy was a teenager with a big secret mm-hmm. that she couldn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And that she, there's, you know, that whole episode where she tells her mom and her mom denies her and mm-hmm. and says that, you know, it's not real and whatever. And she's like, and that's a metaphor for like, you know, queer kids and for mm-hmm. coming out. And mm-hmm. and that's, that episode impacted me as a teenager. As, like, I, I felt like that was very clear metaphor for being gay. For sure. And coming, and coming out. And when I talk to other people who watch that show who aren't gay, they're like, Oh, I just, I just, you know, thought it was like a metaphor for like, you know, just having a secret in general. Right. And I remember being like, girl, what? No, obviously you don't know. But, but what it told me was that like, oh, this show works on multiple levels because it can mean different things to different people. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, uh, it's been interesting seeing her doing all these interviews, but I, well, she's, I don't know. She's been so out of the public eye for so yeah. long. She wanted to so, like, you know, be at home and raise her kids and whatever. Right, and, which yeah. I thought was adorable. Um, yeah. It's yeah, that is interesting. Seeing her in a show where she's basically like the Giles. Okay. Uh, from what I've heard of the show, it's not super good. <laughs> I think, so I've only seen the first episode. Okay. I think it's okay. Okay. Um. So what what I was confused about was that it's called Wolfpack. It's based on a book. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're talking about it now, and then we'll end. <laughs> okay. It's based on a book, but the guy who, like, the executive producer in charge of it is the guy who made the MTV show Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was connected to that because it's also about werewolves, but apparently they have nothing to do with each other. Okay. But that would be like having you know, the dude that made Buffy make another show about vampires. I don't know, it's just mm-hmm. kind of weird. That is um, weird. So anyway, I mean, not like he didn't do that with Angel, but that was a direct spinoff, but whatever. It was still um, the same universe. and Right, so this would be like a totally different universe about vampires. Anyway, huh. yeah. Um, the first episode has very little Sarah Michelle Gellar. It's about mm. four teenagers. Mm-hmm. She plays an arson investigator who is um, investigating the California wildfires. Mm. That alone is interesting to me, but mm-hmm. it, but... And we'll talk about this in the next episode, guys, I promise. But it gave me the same vibe that I got from the Willow TV series, where oh. I was like, can we, like, this would be way more interesting if there was a little less of the angsty teen bullshit. It gets so and that is coming, And that's coming from me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I write teen stuff. I love teen stuff. Right. But I'm like, no, come on. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that. But well, I, we'll save the rest for next time. Let's do it. Fun. Um, All right. Oh, I have a real quick gimme more. Oh, okay. Let's do it. I talked to you. I sent you a message. Not sure if you like looked it up or anything. But when I was in LA, my friend's boyfriend told me that there was this guy named, I think, Christopher Dahlman. And he okay. wrote, he, he has this whole album of covers called Sad Britney. Okay. And they're all like sad, slow versions of Britney songs. Oh. That sounds fun. And they're and they're kind of nice. They're kind of beautiful and whatever. So I listened to some of those and I um if anyone's interested, I would recommend they look them up on YouTube. Yeah, send me a video. I want to see it. Yeah, Sad Britney. <laughs> Sad Britney. Okay. Okay. Love it. All righty. All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.